0: Upon further review, how did the Miami Dolphins offense and its individual players perform against the Jets? Tate, don't lie. We're here to talk about it here on Locked On Dolphins.
1: You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami,
0: welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. It's your team. Every day here on the Locked On Network, I'm your host Cal Krabs. a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, host of Locked On Dolphins, co-host of Locked On NFL. You can find our shows on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Tip of the cap to our everydayers because it is your team every day. We don't just say it; we live it here on the Locked On Network. Today's episode of Locked On Dolphins is brought to you by the Game Time app. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase on last minute tickets. Lowest prices guaranteed. We check the tape. Uh, Dolphins earning their 10th win of the season, moving to 10-4. and Their magic number to clinch the AFC East is 2. They have a home date against the Dallas Cowboys next on the schedule. But first, we do have to dot our I's and cross our T's. Yeah, that's the right version of each. Uh, Against the New York Jets. The Dolphins had a slew of players who took offensive snaps, meaningful offensive snaps. Uh, They had 16 players take at least 19 snaps on offense. That is, from a personnel standpoint, not overly crazy if you're going to be interchanging a lot of uh, wide receivers and tight ends and running backs and fullbacks. But for the Dolphins specifically, uh, you, you had a pretty healthy spread as far as offensive linemen getting in the game. You had some cameos from new faces. You had some reappearances from players who we haven't seen in a while. It was uh, quite a robust uh, set of notes that is sit here crafted if you're, you're really notating everybody's performances and, and how they, they put things together. So if you missed the game on Sunday, would highly recommend you check out the Dolphins blanking the Jets, 30 to nothing, 290 yards of offense. Uh, I think that number would have been probably a lot more robust if you didn't have some penalties, some inopportune penalties, like chosen or Robbie Chosen lining up off sides on a run that puts you down inside the 10-yard line. If you didn't have a holding penalty by Julian Hill on the edge on a big Raheem Mostert run. If you didn't have uh, another big run that was pulled back. If you didn't have uh, Austin Jackson holding Jalen Waddell on the opening drive of the game, On it took about a 30-yard comeback off the board or a deep hook off the board for the Dolphins. So I think the, the, the points scored, even though they got one of those touchdowns on a very short field after a strip sack of Zach Wilson, I think is much more indicative of the game that the Dolphins played as compared to 290 yards of offense. Now there was some sloppiness that's going to have to be cleaned up in general. You acknowledge that that's not something that you're going to feel really good about surviving week over week and not having it shoot you in the foot. So, I would just say hand placement is probably at a paramount right now in the conversations on things to clean up, keeping your hands outside of the face mask of defenders, making sure your strike placement is within the strike zone on defenders, not grabbing, although there is such a thing as a good hold and it is when you are protecting your quarterback from getting his clock absolutely cleaned. Let's talk about the offensive line. You had Robert Jones, Lester Cotton each take 61 offensive snaps. They were the only two players on the offense to take every offensive snap from the start of the game to the end. of the game. And Liam Igeber take 58 snaps. Teron Armstead played 53 snaps. Kendall Lamb played 32 snaps across both left and right tackle. Austin Jackson plays 29 snaps. Keon Smith plays eight. And Jonathan Harrison plays three. So a lot of bodies. Big surprise. Right, If you're used to watching these Dolphins on a weekly basis, uh, you would know there's only two offensive linemen this season that have played at least 60% of the offensive snaps on the season. They're Austin Jackson and Liam Eikenberg. Well, both of those guys played meaningful snaps, although not every eligible snap for either guy. I would say this. I respect the hell out of Liam Eikenberg's effort to play on Sunday. The more that we get past the game, the more I think you kind of hear people who are familiar with that situation talk about how much work went into getting ready to play a game and being able to play and helping the Dolphins offense not be in a position where it's a center that's been on the team for four days, suit up and start. I thought the snaps were good. I thought he had his nice moments. Did I think he looked less than 100%? Yes, I did. But I respect the heck out of the toughness. And it seems like he's past the worst of it, barring a reaggravation. What the Dolphins did up front against the Jets, uh, you've probably seen the throw chart for the passing game that everybody seems to turn their nose up at and sneer. And I quite frankly could not am physically incapable of caring less about that narrative because you are working with backup guards against one of the best interior defensive linemen in football and a very potent pass rush. And there's an acknowledgement uh of don't don't try to do things just for the sake of doing them. If it lay play into your opponent's hand, but Andy Reed has a very robust screen game and he's applauded for it, for the Dolphins to come into this game and understand we have to get the ball out fast. It's very similar to what they did the first time they played the jets. There were some new wrinkles up front. Uh, you saw some inside traps uh, designed to get offensive linemen, more favorable angles on second level defenders and relying on skill players. Uh, to come across the formation and seal on an interior player, a down lineman. You saw a number of fold blocks on the edge where the tackle will release up onto the second level inside, and then the guard has to kind of fold around him uh, to get secured on the defensive end, who's aligned on the outside shoulder of that offensive tackle. Things that were a little unique for this game, or at least re- relative to what you're used to seeing for the majority of the season, to try to again facilitate better angles. What I love that they did in pass protection, seven and six and seven man protections, and they facilitated a lot of double teams inside. So both of your guards were backup players in Robert Jones and Lester Cotton. They got help, they got a lot of doubles. Uh, And and what you then do is one of your tackles is on an island. And then when you go seven man protection, it's usually a tight end and a back helping on the other edge player because the jets are are very well known to only or predominantly rush four players. So you're getting double teams inside to help maintain the integrity of the pocket. So nothing that could take away your, your quick lanes across the middle. You have an opportunity to throw around the player on the edge. If you're hot And then you're just asking one tackle to execute in a vacuum. And sometimes it was Austin Jackson slash Kendall Lamb. And sometimes it was Teron Armstead. I thought Teron Armstead looked as good as he has looked in about two months. Getting up onto the second level, really getting after guys on the second level. CJ Mosley, there was a a play down inside the 30 yard line. He lined up on the 15. was a red zone play. And he blocked CJ Mosley inside the five yard line. And he got attached like, four yards off the ball. He, t- he took him for a ride. He's getting out on the edge. The Dolphins had a couple of fourth down opportunities. Uh, they, they actually ran for it on fourth and two on one of those instances, and he seals the block and washes his defensive lineman all the way across the set and snatches him into the ground. And Devon Achan is able to move the sticks and get a first down for the Dolphins. Tehran's best game in a long time, in my eyes. Uh, there was also a near miss. He very nearly on one of two Atanga sacks got rolled up on from behind again. It <laughs> feels like uh Teron Armstead has has had somebody kind of leg whip him from behind every game that he's out there. He survived this game, it's presumably no worse for the wear. So I thought that was a good performance for Miami. I thought this was probably Austin Jackson's least impressive performance of the season. Uh that's Uh, In line with the fact that I thought Bryce Huff tested him the first time these two teams played, he got a little bit more of John Franklin Myers the second time around. Uh, Franklin Myers kind of tested him with uh, really physical, heavy hands. Austin, I thought, kind of came in a little high. He, of course, leaves this game. Will McDonald tries to rush around his outside, and he gets attached to him, and McDonald loses his footing as he tries to rip off the outside shoulder. And Austin takes him to the ground and just kind of twists his body a little bit. And that was the last we saw of Austin Jackson. Mike McDaniel, we'll we'll talk about the injury updates a little bit later. But Mike McDaniel did say that is considered a day-to-day injury. So in Mike McDaniel language and lingo, that's a good thing. We'll talk a little bit about the guards. I want to make sure we talk about the guards uh, before we move on to the replacement skill players and what they did in the absence of time. Tyreek Hill. That is coming up next here on this episode of Locked On Dolphins. So stick with us. Perhaps you're spontaneously thinking about heading down to the Rock for Dolphins Cowboys on Sunday, but you don't have a ticket. I got good news for you. Game Time is here to help. Game Time is the ticketing app that is obsessed with finding you ways to save money on tickets. They're the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase because they give you the sight line from your seat. While you are browsing, they give you upfront prices so there's no surprise fees when you go to check out on your shopping cart before making your ticket selection. And you can buy tickets in seconds with just a few taps from your phone. Game time even has zone deals where you pick the section and game time picks the seats for an average of 18% savings. You can find a game time guarantee. If you find tickets for less in the same row and section, game time will credit you 110%. Of the difference. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code locked on NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, create account and redeem code locked on NFL for $20 off. Download Game Time today on last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed.
2: Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. The guards.
0: This is where this conversation will remain as it pertains to this Dolphins offense uh, because it's where the question lies. If we're being honest. Robert, Both Robert Jones and Lester Cotton, and and I get it. You played against Quinn and Williams. (laughs) A little bit of a rare breed of a player. If these guys have to continue to play meaningful snaps, and one of them is going to, one of them is going to have to log meaningful snaps for the Dolphins down the stretch. I would be inclined to give Robert Jones a chance to climb into a spot as compared to continuing to roll with Lester Cotton, uh, I thought he really struggled with his assignments against Quinn and Williams. There were a number of perimeter runs where they're, they're running that reverse pivot zone read look, and then pivot almost counter toss with the backhanded pitch from Tua to get out on the edge. And there were a number of occasions where Quinn and Williams lateral mobility and flow allowed him to get outside the numbers along the line of scrimmage and make tackles for minimal gains that would have otherwise been if you you secure your leverage on the play-side block, that running back, whether it's Raheem Ossert or Devon A. Chang, can stick his foot in the ground a lot earlier, and he can get north and go. He didn't have too much of that. We had to carry momentum too far into the sideline, and then by the time we we stick our foot in the ground and get north, he has flown and scraped all the way down the line of scrimmage. One thing I will say is that I I did think the communication was better on the interior for pass protection. When you're not doubled up, uh, when you're running three-man slides or three-man half slide protection and then the back two have to take two most dangerous players, you run twists or stunts or games, trying to create picks or create miscommunications. I actually thought This group did as good of a job as they have all year in communicating and picking up those twists and stunts. And this is against a good defensive line. Now, Jets had all hands on deck as far as guys available to rush the passer in this game. And and yeah, Tua threw it in 2.1 seconds, and you could talk about how outrageously fast that is and how you don't give too many opportunities for the opposing team to to break through the pocket and and create chaos. Now he was sacked three times for a couple instances where the Jets did a really nice job against half field reads where there's only three eligibles out into the route because you chose to go seven man protection and they're all on the same side of the field and they leverage it appropriately with their zone defense. You don't have anywhere to throw the ball. And those were the instances where they did get home. And some of that was a talent disparity between the guys on the interior and Liam Eikenberg playing Hurt and Quinn Williams (laughs) and what he brings to the table. So I thought you had some instances in the run game, in addition to the layers of how they angled some of their blocks. I thought you had some good instances where your toss game was quick to hit north and south was quick to get vertical, and it got vertical between the tackles. And we've talked about that's the change that has to happen. You're going to have to have more of that, especially this week against Dallas, because they're only carrying a few linebackers on this roster, and they're pretty banged up there. And their run defense has been a big-time weakness, and we would just watch James Cook go for 200 yards from scrimmage. And the, the Bills ran all over the Dallas Cowboys and beat the, beat the tar out of them. You're going to need that vertical element to this run game against Dallas as well. And I think when you consider the strengths and when you consider when we're trying to run outside, if I'm the left guard and I'm Lester Cotton and I've got an athletic three technique and I stand very little chance to take a initial step with my left foot, get my hands on that player, secure the block and work my helmet across his face to create the leverage, to create the lane for the back, to get outside. Then it's going to make it more challenging. Then you might as well try to tempt that over pursuit outside and gash it out the back door and get north quicker and hit the run between the tackle. You saw it against Kansas City in two-minute offense situation. You saw it some against the Jets. It was more effective than the final statistic looked. Because uh, you you had some easily avoidable penalties that took some yardage off the field for you. As far as guys that stepped in and, in place of Tyreek Hill, Cedric Wilson, 47 snaps. I didn't think he played a particularly sexy game. Uh, I thought I admired the effort that he put forth as a blocker. Uh, which is not a surprise. He's the the big body wide receiver that's getting run. I will be interested to see if Chase Claypool gets more run down the stretch. We had our cameo appearance for Chase Claypool, took five snaps, looked good. Uh, He had one big uh, perimeter screen that was pulled off the board, which his size really showed up in in DBs trying to tackle him on the perimeter. Uh, But a penalty pulled that play back, uh, which would have been a really nice play for Chase Claypool. And I know he had his knee scoped, so I'm really interested Is this a ramp-up period for Chase? Because I think he's a more dynamic player at this stage than Cedric Wilson is. And if you can get him familiar with some of this stuff, I think it'll really help to have another uh, dynamic player with some size, even though you're not going to run volume through him in the passing game or anything like that. I respected the job that Robbie Chosen put forth. He played 23 snaps. Now, he didn't get a lot of run in the passing game, but one of the big critiques in the preseason for Robbie Chosen was, look, why receivers was in the system? They got a block. And he wasn't showing a a particular appetite for doing it. He showed an appetite for doing it against the Jets. Really respected the effort that he put forth. Of course, Jalen Waddle uh, with the 41 snaps that he took uh, was kind of front row center for taking the Tyreek Hill role. Uh, But you had Braxton Barrows take 24 snaps. Robbie Chosen played 23 snaps. Cedric Wilson played 47 snaps. Uh, They they really spread it out quite a bit. River Craycraft played eight snaps. Uh, You saw Claypool for five. The the whole wide receiver room got some work. And out of that group, I think the promise is most high with Claypool, but the, the volume was lowest. I think when you're in obvious passing situations, Barrios would be the one I would still want out on the field. Uh, he showcased that with the leaping, outbreaking route that he caught on third down against Michael Carter II, which was a, a job really well done. Conversely, you contrast that against Cedric Wilson, who gets matched up with a linebacker and he's running an out route in plus territory. And it looks like he's a little, he's not as quick twitched at the top of the route. Looks like he kind of rounds it off and drifts a little bit upfield. And it puts Quincy Williams in a position to undercut that throw. And he almost intercepted it. So little things like that, uh, I think just knowing what kind of calls you have, I, I don't think, I, I I think there's probably a little bit of a lack of uh, translatability across all skill sets that right now is a little limiting if you only have one of the two superstar wide receivers that you have on the roster. That's my two cents. Now we have... Uh, some injury updates that we're going to get into next here on this episode of Locked on Dolphins, courtesy of Mike McDaniel and his Monday presser. Stick with us. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top tier candidates as possibly available to interview. That's why I check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn is not just another job board. It's a vast network of more than a billion professionals with a B which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. As a matter of fact, 86% of small businesses report getting at least one qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats that your hiring process may not be as robust or as thorough as you may like it to be. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive quick and easy. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even faster and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and
1: conditions do apply. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this off season, look no further than the locked on NFL scouting podcast.
0: So it sounds like, sounds like the Dolphins got out of this game in about as good of a state of affairs as you could have possibly hoped when you consider all of the bumps and bruises this team was dealing with coming into the game, just offensively. Mike McDaniel said, if the guy was working out before the game, he was close. It's Tyree Kill, working out before the game, running routes, Decided that it was announced he wasn't going to go, and he was still out there running routes after it was announced that he was not going to play, and looking pretty good. I know Drew Rosenhaus does his weekly spot down in South Florida on the news station, uh, on the news, and, and he disclosed that Tyreek, um, best decision, uh, it was a risk for re-injury to play this week, But to make the best decision for the team's long-term goals and his long-term aspirations beyond just uh, the immediate gratification of the continued pursuit of 2,000, he needs a little over 150 yards over the last three games to get there. We'll see if he does per game, 150 per game. It's an important note. Um, But Tyreek Hill, according to Mike McDaniel's disclosure on Monday, Tyreek Hill was close to playing in this game. Same could be said for Xavier Howard, who also worked out in the pregame. Uh, Robert Hunt, Mike McDaniel did not eliminate the possibility of Robert Hunt returning to action this week. Um, he said he's he's optimistic that Robert will continue to progress uh, after the reaggravation of his hamstring injury that he suffered against Washington. So he's now missed an additional two games after missing a month uh, with that hamstring issue. So that's the big boost that's left is those two guys offensively. You get Tyree Hill back and you get Robert Hunt back, and they're good for the rest of the way. Robert changes the DNA of the front. Because for the limiting factor that some of the athleticism of Rob Jones and Lester Cotton has versus stylistic, which, which you've been in the past, Robert Hunt has the same physicality, but he has the athleticism of what the initial starting unit had. I can work with one player that you have to make some concessions for, but when you have to start making concessions for multiple players up front, it really puts a limiting lens on how you attack. Getting Robert Hunt back down the stretch is, aside of Tyreek Hill, the most valuable thing that the Dolphins can get offensively. In addition to some other guys getting healthier, including Lee Micah who played keeping Toron Armstead healthy, although Kendall Lamb did an admirable job on both tackle spots against that very good pass rush group that the Jets have. And Austin Jackson was described as day to day by Mike McDaniel with the oblique injury that he sat down against. Now, hard to say how much of that was re-aggravation, how much of that was, Hey, we're up big. We feel like we have this game in hand. I don't know. It would not be the first time the Dolphins have done that. So, Uh, The only other news from an injury perspective that we got is that Mike McDaniel disclosed uh, that Chris Brooks running back, rookie running back is set to be activated tomorrow. So the Dolphins are going to get some more reinforcements to the running back room, uh, which is helpful. Uh, You're curious whether or not one of the wide receivers uh, is potentially on the chopping block in that case with the injuries on the offensive line. Not likely you're going to cut somebody off of that group. So I'm looking at maybe Robbie Chosen, uh, maybe Tyler Croft at tight end being on the chopping block. Those would be the the names that I'm looking at. If you're going to need to open up a 53-man spot, uh, either one of those players is probably viable, and you could probably get either one back uh, on the practice squad uh, for the rest of the season. So that is where we are at with the Dolphins offense coming out of a 30-point performance, their second 30-point performance, and I know the defense scored a pick-six the first time around. But this Dolphins defense putting 64 points on the New York Jets in two games for as good as the Jets' metrics are is something that should not be diminished, particularly this effort without Tyreek Hill. Uh, I thought that the game plan was excellent. They were balanced. They used the short passing game and the screen game as an extension of the run game. The run game popped more than the raw data would suggest because the Dolphins took a couple um, plays at the end of the game to, to run the clock out. And they also had a number of chunk runs that got pulled back by ticky-tack penalties and, and quite frankly, penalties that were very easily avoidable and would not have impacted the result of the play. So there you go. That's my two cents on the Dolphins' offensive performance against the Jets. we got the defense coming up a little later, so stick with us. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. I'm Kyle Krabs. Fins up. Keep it locked in. Right here on Locked on Dolphins, I appreciate you guys for checking the show.